Studios. Welcome back, freaks, to another episode of the new and improved Off the Dome podcast. Like always, I am your host, Matt Dezit. Now, to give you a little context on what this podcast is all about, long story short, it's basically on whatever I want it to be on, with no outline for what to discuss, and with no boundaries, everything and anything off the dome is allowed, yeah, and only time tell where the conversation will go. And like always, if you do enjoy this podcast, please like and share it to help a brother out with trying to pursue the very, very irrational dream of becoming the greatest podcast ever. It would be greatly appreciated, y'all. For my guest today, I have my good friend, Sebastian Perez, or better known as just Perez. And today we discuss the climate crisis that is currently facing the world. So between the two of us, we sat down previously and read the book, The Future We Choose by Christina Figueras, which highlights how we can help by changing our habits on an individual level with our day-to-day habits. So in this book, she highlights key dates such as 2030 and 2050 as years that are milestones to ensure the future outlook of homo sapiens going forward. That is unless AI becomes too powerful because Elon Musk is doing too many drugs and kills us off before we have a chance to change our ways. But anyways though, regardless of what this AI is going to do to us in the future, I had an absolute blast recording this podcast and I really hope you guys take the time to listen to this podcast for what we have to say. Regardless of how dumb we are obviously, but like always, I will shut up so you folks can enjoy this podcast with the glorious Sebastian Perez. Escape reality with Matt Z. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. Three, two, one. We are live with the man of the hour, Sebastian Perez, everybody. Hey, how's it going, Matt? together for this legend of a human being. I've been looking forward to this podcast, man. First off, I want to say thank you for coming on. I've been super pumped about this. I don't think I've, I mean, I've been excited for podcasts, but I think this is one of the ones I've been very excited for. Um, so to kind of a little backstory, Prez is very passionate about, I call him Prez, by the way, people. <laughs> That's my last name. So just a little confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with it. Um, but a little backstory though, Perez is essentially to keep it short, very passionate about the environment. Yeah. And I like to think so. He's wanted to come on here and I want him to come on as well too. So we can, talk about the environment and the current state of it yeah. so to kind of open this up here the first question i want to ask for you is well like before before that i just want to say thank you for having me like i think this is such a great platform for being able to discuss this topic because i feel like in day-to-day it's very hard to to get this topic and just to address like certain habits that people have and without coming off as preachy or you know like just a it's a very like neutral area to have this conversation and to have mm-hmm. a great discussion in-depth discussion for sure yeah absolutely. so i do appreciate this opportunity 
No, man, well, I appreciate you being here. And I appreciate you saying that as well, too, for handing out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries, man. <laughs> but no anyways, worries. though, to start it off, man, like, you know a lot more about the environment than I do. A lot, lot, lot more. So I want to understand your perspective about the current state of what we're in right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think to understand the current state, we have to go back to, like, what we did when we were growing up, right? Like, because me and you, we, we grew up, shout out to Greenview, we, we went to Greenview together, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, like early 2000s, what we, what we do, like, for environmentalism, we basically sat us down in the gymnasium and they taught us about recycling and, and called it a day, right? And I think that definitely things have gotten way more complicated than that, um... So yeah, it's just uh, and there's a lot of things have changed, but uh, uh, yeah, I want to uh, just inform everyone that you know, besides all the doom and gloom that you hear out there, because there is bad news. Like I can't deny that. If I were to deny it, I'd be either just um, oblivious or just choosing to not accept it. Uh, but yeah, no, like that it's not that bad, and that we like basically the whole main the purpose why I want to be on here is because just to change the the perspective change like what people how people think about it that's not it's not over because i've met and i've talked to a lot of people who have basically been deflated and be like okay well what's the use you know like uh this x y and z is happening is like why am i even putting in my effort or like you know it's it's done like why why bother right which which is sucks because like i've also been there too i've been at that point where like i've been looking at the little things i do and i'm like like, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? But I, if there's one thing I want people to take away from this, it's, like, that, you know, like, that change moves slow, and we have made progress, and the narrative has to change, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if we want to make good changes and sustainable changes, we have to change the narrative, to change our mindset, because really that's what everything starts with, whether that's environmentalism, working out, or anything long-term. The mindset has to be there, because if the mindset's not there you're very likely to just bounce on something, you know, and just skip it and, like, not be um, committed. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think just at the end of the day, um, there has been, like, just so much, like, when you do hear about climate change, it's always, this has to change, this has to happen. And it's, like, this negative pressure that's put on society. And I feel like society almost puts its guards up because it's, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, why you keep on forcing this on? Not just right. like onto us, but it's like well, you're creating such a negative stereotype around this, um, the the climate change that needs to happen, and it's crazy to see how a lot of people, regardless of what how they react to that news, though, but it's the individuals who don't believe in climate change, mm-hmm. which I think is completely nonsense. Because at the end of the day, you can just go outside and see it for yourself, and it's like mm-hmm. obviously this does have a impact on it. But I think with regards to the whole stereotype around climate change, I think it's almost important to highlight the positives around Absolutely. climate change. And, like, did you have in mind some of the, the positives around the recent changes? Well, yeah, like, uh, but before I get to that, like, I mean, I think you mentioned something really cool. That it's, um, we're often, it often feels like we're just forced, like, here's all the shitty things we do, and, like, here's, you got to fix it, like, tomorrow, like, today. Like, you got to do it, like... Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you follow some of these bigger environmental um, NGOs and stuff like that, they'll say, yeah, go vegan, buy an electric car, and, um, you know, install solar panels on your house, which is all really good steps, but let's be honest, not everyone has the space of money or 
just the ability to commit to veganism shit like that right like i definitely can like i love milk cheese yogurts yeah. beef you know everything yeah. but they're like things i am doing but um so just more like those like everyday commitments i guess i'd call them but um just like the, the, the day-to-day stuff that you can do that still make a big impact yeah the small changes that you can make on a day-to-day yeah. basis have and these huge ramifications of positive change in the future. absolutely and, and here's the thing like the the main reason i want to get on this podcast is because it's based after i read this book uh the future we choose um it's a good book people I, we both highly recommend it absolutely uh basically and the whole premise of it is that um we aren't at the end of it you know we have these next 10 years to which are actually will dictate what the next hundred years will look like for humanity so just to like see that this decade is very influential what Mm -hmm. our future generations can do and as to the point that you brought up of being people not believing you like when we looked at environmentalism in the 2010s you know or like 2000s it was a lot of like very scientific papers like here this is what could happen right but regardless of what you how do you view the world whether you think it's flat cube sort like globe which obviously it is yeah. but um, <laughs> i don't care like I, I don't i don't care what shape you you believe this planet is yeah so like if even if you think it's a octagonal earth or whatever um at the end of the day you can see like you turn on the news any other day and you can see somewhere having some drastic effects by climate change whether that be like in 2021 i think it was a great example you know you had the floods in germany you had um bc like look at our back like our our neighbors right and and they had like the forest fires and then they had the floods to all of the western united states um yeah and it's absolutely wild there's no like oh like this is let's sit down and read a scientific paper about it. So it's, it, it's happening. And, and so, yeah, no, it's definitely something that we can, we, we need to like change the perspective. Like I said, these next 10 years are crucial. Um, but that being said, we have 10 years, so we shouldn't feel like we have to force ourselves mm-hmm. to change overnight. Right. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. And I think like one thing I did like about the book is how they created this imagery around these two different worlds that we could live in mm-hmm. and what they did is they said pick one which one do you want to do right right like so to give a little bit of a backstory on the books the one world is when we don't reach our goals by i think it's 2030 right 50 but it's like and 2030 like, is like the one key or where it's like stuff needs to be turning around or like things right. like really need to get like we have like yeah. 10 years to like basically put stuff into play and then from there it's like when we really start like have all the policies, policies in place and all the, you know, all, all like the, the fundamentals down. And then from 2030, 2050 mm-hmm. is we're really reducing those emissions, right? So, yeah, it's basically like we don't meet that target for 2030 and definitely not by 2050. Yeah. Well, and I think like some of the scary imagery that they put in the reader's mind during this book is, you know, for example, with the crops. You know, yep. they're talking about they have to build shelters now because the rain is so unpredictable and there's acid rain that happens yep. that destroys the cops or the crops. And <laughs> and they're unable to predict this weather pattern as yeah. well too because it's so unpredictable at this point. And as well too with the sea oceans rising as, yeah. as well and how the sea levels are going to come through all the ocean cities and basically turn these skyscrapers into just be sticking up through the water. And right. I think that's like 
it is a scary image to have, but I think it's important to have that image as well too. I, I think so too. I think it just like it really helps in compare and contrast because uh, the next chapter in that book they talk about like what a society that met our goals would look like, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely good to know. And like, l- let's be honest here, like climate change. Not only is the debate over if it's happening or not, it, it's already started. It's the the question now is is how bad is it going to be? And I think that's what the book was trying to get at mm-hmm. there. Like, it can either be we can move at a warm the world by one point five de- temp- degrees or degrees Celsius per year or less, or or we can do like up to three or four degrees. You know, and that like all those problems that were mentioned could be just exponentially worse, right? Yeah. So. It's basically like about how we we choose to do it. That's the title of the book, the yeah. future we choose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think like a number that like stuck out to me was that if we continue on this path, like the world's going to increase by three degrees by the year twenty one hundred. Yep. Right, and I think that's just it, it. Doesn't seem like a big deal, especially for me, who's somebody who hates winter time. I'm like, well, instead of minus twenty three, minus twenty, it's yeah. like. It's nothing, but I'll take it, right? It's a little bit right, but right. It's all the other ramifications of that. It's the melting of the polar ice caps that happen. It's the right. unbearable climate change that happens. I think, I think too, and like a great point to bring in too. Like, yeah, for me and you, like overall, if you tell someone like the weather's going to increase by a degree or two degrees, that doesn't mean a whole lot to us, mm-hmm. right? But then you think about like all the processes that need to be within a certain um, temperature range, right? Mm-hmm. For example, whether it be um, the the dry, like how dry um, things in the forest or the material in the forest going to be, right? If it's going to be like just one degree drier, mm-hmm. how it's going to affect, like how uh, one degree warmer in certain rivers and streams are going to affect certain fish populations, right? Like they that are need to live in cold water yeah. and then they won't be able to, right? Like so for us, yeah, sure, give and take, we, we're fine and we have climate controlled places that we can go to. Mm-hmm. But for nature, that's, that's, crazy and i think at one point in the book it mentioned like how it's for some uh some natural processes that's like almost exponential going from one degree to two degree warming it's just it's crazy right yeah. so it's all about about um perspective and like how like what scale basically yeah um just the warming effects yeah for sure yeah well i think even just with the the forest drying up as well too like that's definitely going to increase the forest fires that absolutely as well too, yeah. right and that that could even cause like we like in Alberta, we've seen what happens with the wildfires here when they get out of control, especially in BC as well too, Saskatchewan, yeah. Manitoba. Like we're prone to this. This is something that happens, and I can only imagine is if even if it's just a small increase in the ability for a fire to spread more rapidly, right? How much that could really affect our lives. You look at LA as well too when they had to evacuate a few years back there, and yeah, like you just imagine if it was just a little bit more vulnerable the fire right yeah it was able to spread just a little bit more because of a little bit more dry like how many how many people would have died from that well yeah i mean i I think definitely that's something to think about too um in in regard to fire it's definitely really interesting because we went through like the whole 60s 70s and 80s with Smokey the bear and we were told (laughs) that like you know fire is bad right but we learned not too long ago like sometime in the century year we learned that like nature uses fire for certain process for like new trees and stuff like that right for um, opening uh, seeds out of cones and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so regardless of what we do fire is still going to happen it's just how the factors that like um, can increase fire uh, can make it more can make make bigger ramifications to Mm -hmm. 
to landscape, right? For example, if yeah, if it's a little bit drier or if um, the wind speeds are a little bit faster, right? Because of certain things of climate change. And I guess this is definitely above my uh, my knowledge for sure. Like this is definitely, you have to dig into some science for sure. But um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's all those like extra factors that a fire, that could help a fire to get out of hand, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, um, yeah. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, this go for it. kind of off topic, but not really at the same time though. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to avoid that right now, but somebody like you who has gone to school for like the environment mm -hmm. how like what what is the process and what is the purpose of having those controlled burns right that help like kind of reignite the life cycle in the forest right right um controlled burns controlled burns are sometimes like let's say um for example, like I know in Banff National Park, sometimes they're there to protect like infrastructure, right? For example, okay. like in Banff, they at one point they controlled, they made a fire line. So if an actual huge like forest fire happened in Banff National Park, there's something that's been already burned and that fuels are been taken away, right? Okay, yeah. So you don't you don't need that. Or sometimes it's just a lot of old dead growth and. Um, yeah, and you just like it's just it's better to like propagate the stuff. For example, for there's a lot of uh, species that really thrive in new in like new landscapes that have just been burned. For example, grizzly bears, deers, moose, like because there's a lot of new vegetation that comes up, right? Like you look at all these like forests and all these trees, they block so much of the sunlight. So you look at the vegetation, not a lot of it can grow, right? You have but then when you take away those trees and like all and like that sunshine actually hits the ground there's so many plants so many berries that like the animals can take advantage of mm -hmm. uh but yeah no it's it's great uh well it's not great but like yeah what um, you mean though that's but like i mean it's like i mean it's interesting how people are like are able to manipulate the environment around oh, them to help right and that's like one thing that does provide some absolutely benefits. and i think too it's important to note that like you know yeah, for sure. Um, that you know, like like anything, it's not like fire is neither fully good nor bad. It's just it's just something that happens, and we can try to mitigate or try to use it to certain advantages, depending on what you what the goal is, right? Well, I feel like it's like um, anything in life where there's it's like the yin and yang. There's good and there's bad, and you have to have mm. the good to have the bad, and you have to have the bad to have the good. And I feel like fire is like obviously there's a purpose to fire. It cooks food. Um, and it does help with the life cycle of yeah. our environment, but it also does cause a lot of destruction as well, too. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, it, like, you definitely got to look at perspective, right? Like, if there is a, a grassland fire, like, or, or like, a fire that really changes the landscape for and, like, makes it better for, let's say, bears or something like that, like, it's great for the bears, but let's say you have little woodland mice that are, are living in a, a, a couple of a squared meters, that's terrible for them. Like their whole habitat is just gone, right? Like, so yeah, it's really about perspective. Um, but yeah, no, um, definitely, yeah, definitely. So it's, yeah, it's dependent with fire. Absolutely. But, yeah. So talking about perspectives, how do you feel that to kind of go back now to the climate yeah. change in the book, the future we choose? Yeah. How do you feel that individuals can change their perspective around climate change? Especially with all this negativity. I know even this book does paint the picture of the negatives. And I feel like you have to understand the negatives to appreciate the positives that we mm -hmm. could potentially uh, get to when it comes right. to climate change. So how do you feel that humans can take those steps to reach 
the positive side of changing the world and the future outlook of humanity. Hmm. Like a little six minute break there, shit. <laughs> I don't mind that. Alright man, so I got a little question then. Yeah, go ahead. So obviously and including in this book as well too, they do paint the picture of the negative world. Mm-hmm. They bring that negatives forward. Yeah. And on one hand I do understand that it's very important to have that negative perspective in the back of your mind at least. But I think mm. one thing that's really important is to have the positive imagery of what it could be in the front of your mind. So if do you know of any potential facts of optimism that people can hold on to to kind of give themselves some encouragement going forward absolutely absolutely um i think you just have to look into like the history books more or less like you look at the previous um ecological problems that we had to face like um i don't know if you remember like in the late 90s we kind of still heard about stuff about the ozone right Mm -hmm. and like the ozone hole um um and i just did some research and found out that Basically, it started about like at the end of the 1970s, and it was about uh, 16.3 million uh, million kilometers wide, kilometers squared, and um, and now they're predicting that by 2060, it's going to be recovered to pre-1970 conditions. So oh, I wow. think that's like really amazing. And how did we do that? Yeah, we banded together like as a planet, and we just decided to band CFCs, which are like the hairspray products and stuff like that, like the aerosols. Yeah. And take that product out and we, we managed right so i definitely think that was like a big win um another thing you look back is like whaling was a huge thing like and it's so like these huge. wins are so crazy like that when people think about them now people almost don't think about them that's how good they were right yeah that like they're forgotten about mm. um so like yeah um looking at the uh, atlantic humpback whale um by the 50s there's only 450 of them wow. right and now um, they are like now it's it's uh, estimated that ninety percent of the population is back to pre whaling conditions. Oh really? So like that's that's huge and like so much so that like no one no one talks about the humpback whales because yeah. they're good they're all right. So yeah. and yeah, there's a there's a quote from a different book which I think was really cool. Um, it basically said like a narrative, pass uh, narrative, um, sorry, uh, pessimistic narrative is is really easy because. You know, it's usually you talk about events and stuff that happened just recently. It's fresh in our minds, right? And I think, a, like, a great example is be COVID, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, it's definitely, it's right there. It happened. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a one-off, but, like, it's, it's very, it, it's very right there. It doesn't require a lot of research. It's very in your face. It's like, look, mm-hmm. this happened, right? But, um, like, a optimistic narrative is definitely more about, like, um, is more about like doing the research and like because because like doing good stuff takes time right like usually especially it's more worth it if it, it like takes mm-hmm. time and like you've put in the effort right and like so it takes time you have to look back and um yeah it, it requires to think more about the past yeah. um and, and people don't tend to forget about the effort that was made right mm-hmm. for example like the the whaling right that was that's huge so it's very interesting to see uh, takes place but like i mean right now currently it sounds really it sounds like we're basically up against it right it sounds like it feels like i felt like this before it feels like that we are that are basically it's the 11th hour and there's nothing we can do mm-hmm. but it's it's also great to remember that there's been people in history that have also been up against it 
but they've been able to make drastic changes to society. Like you think of Martin Luther King and all the stuff he did for civil rights. You think about like the the suffragettes and like the voting movement. Um, they definitely did stuff like you know like the stuff was pretty bleak for them, but they they rallied right. So um, we can either choose to sit in our negative uh, narrative and just be like, well, yeah, it's never going to get better. Mm-hmm. Or we can, like, start taking the steps, right? And, like, there's there's already stuff that is going on. Like, I'm, like I mentioned, it's, um like, good stories take research and take time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in the UK, they're already using 50% renewable energy. Um, Costa Rica is 100% renewable already. And I just found out a couple of days ago that Spain is already also 50%. Mm-hmm renewable so it's not nothing out of this world like it it is very doable and um within 10 years um there's a very doable timeline we haven't like um pushed ourselves like all the way to the very last minute right so we still there's there's still hope for humanity for sure Mm -hmm. um but yeah no for sure and like i think it's also important to know is that these steps that we're making like what's gonna make difference it's not like a linear thing it's like so I'm like, oh, okay, we're here, and if we get to this, like, we don't know what's going to make the, like, the big impact to help the planet, right? Yeah. So all these little actions, eventually, who knows what the, who knows what action is going to be the one to tip the scale, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're facing a very multi-dimensional issue where it's not like it's, um, it's not like a one-off, like the whaling, right? For example, we're facing, like, an issue that's has problems in all different aspects for example from ocean certification to greenhouse gases and overall temperature rise to deforestation to habitat loss and um extinction right like these are all things that um are tied together to some extent right uh, some stronger than other like for example ocean certification and cl- and like um, greenhouse gases yeah but in a way they're multi multi-dimensional problem that requires fixing we've never like as a as a species been up against something that's so problem that's so robust right um but yeah no and i think definitely too is you often think about like um just like the, the power of corporations and stuff like that and you think it's huge and you think like that oh there's no way that um corporations like are really divesting from fuel which is but it really isn't. Like, the book mentions, too, about the Norwegian fund. Like, they're the Norwegian Parliament Fund, which is $3 trillion in size. And they've divested $13, million, 13 billion, sorry. Yeah. From... With a B. With B <laughs> yeah. Billion with a B from fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. While also investing $20 billion into renewables, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's a big step. Um... What else do you want to talk? Like, I can mention here um, that uh, OPEC, like, the people who are in charge of, like, setting oil prices more or less, and, like, they're one that oversee everything. Mm-hmm. They've mentioned in the book, too, is that their biggest threat is people divesting from uh, natural gas projects. Or, like, sorry, natural gas, but, like, fossil fuel projects. So mm-hmm. we are definitely having an impact, right? And I think, too, even if you look at the, the local scale here in Alberta, you know, like, five years ago what you had um you really couldn't go into like a fast food place and be like hey can i get a like a beyond beef burger they've been like they'll be like what are you talking about right now yeah, stop smoking crack kid yeah it's like <laughs> get out like we have it's a burger place get a yeah, burger yeah. right and it's like no but now or like the 
or like the paper straw like i'll be say how everyone feels with paper straw but like that's that's a push that was made right yeah, yeah. or the paper bag like and, and did that solve all the problems no but like those are big changes that were mm-hmm. pushed on by consumers to corporations and, and companies listen mm-hmm. so you know and these these changes aren't the ones that make the the uh, front page because like i said they take time and they're not flashy they're not like here you go like you really have to dig for them and mm-hmm. and wait too right so yeah. Yeah, no, so I definitely think there's, um, and I think it just speaks a lot to the nature of optimism, too, it's because people think optimism is being all happy and peppy, but it, it's really, it's really not, you know, like, um, it's really easy to be optimistic when you're winning, like, yeah, right, like, yeah, it's yeah. so, when, it's things like, are going good. when things are going good, you know, yeah. and I think, like, um, just being a fan of any sports team when they're doing shitty is a, is a very, very, like, good analogy for this like yeah like if you're like you're, if your team's doing good like the Oilers everyone's like super on the super first 10 games of the season right everyone loves them yeah, and then taxes everybody's happy and then and then when you know when they start doing it or like Canucks too like and then <laughs> the moment they start losing like everyone's like he needs to go he needs to get He's fired like here, yeah. everyone's out for blood you know so yeah, it's literally. like but optimism isn't that optimism isn't something that you do when you when you're celebrating optimism is gritty optimism is like you you put in the work and you and and you stick through it you know and yeah. and, it, and it's tough because that's and that's what makes it more rewarding too right like that you actually like fought for it yeah it's something you have to work exactly for. You can't absolutely just wake up in the morning and have optimism no absolutely and um, it's, it's it's yeah like it's basically the idea of like that you are willing to face challenge head on mm-hmm. yeah um so i think another thing that i came across in the book as well too yeah. um something that we can be very optimistic with and something that we can at least hold on to me like oh that's a very good positive i know you mentioned costa rica um and christiana Fi- figuera i don't know if last yeah and it's christiana yeah, figuera she's from <laughs> she's from costa rica and she was saying how costa rica was able to take the military budget that they had there mm-hmm. and reinvest it into the biodiversity protection and education yeah and essentially in the long run which is su- something super important for us is to look at the long run of things and they're at a point where they're um, 100% now clean energy, yeah. which is super positive and obviously a, a, a leader in the world as well, too. But I want to kind of go as well, too, to the whole optimism thing. And when you just look at the the psychology of how individuals are made, what is our one primal goal in life? And that's to survive. Right. Right. It's to survive. And how do we survive? It's this ability to detect danger, this anxiety that we have on us, this ability to look at the negatives because that's what's scary in front of us and that's what could potentially end us and yeah especially when you look at a more optimistic viewpoint a lot of the op- it goes against the basic foundation of how humans are made which is to be safe right right, right. a lot of times when people have a hard time getting out of bed it's their body's way of being okay hey, we're just being safe here you're staying in bed today because you're staying safe you don't want to go out there in the world right you don't want to get into a situation where you feel uncomfortable. We're just going to stay in bed because for now that is the safest option to stay alive because out there is mm-hmm. terrifying essentially. And I think what's important is switching the narrative. And instead of like what you said, switching that narrative and instead of thinking about, oh, the world's going to end, fuck it, let's give up, whatever, let's right. go do all this shit is to have a sense of accountability and say, hey, no, 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 like, all this pressure, or not pressure necessarily, but all this opportunity that lies in front of us is 
like it's our ability to go out there and change the world and save humanity for years to come. Right. Like that's our opportunity to create. And as a society, we should be thankful for to have that opportunity. Right. We right. should be proud to have that opportunity going forward. Right. Like, yeah, we are definitely the generation that, um, that future generations can look back on and be like, wow, they, they really stepped up. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, like how it's we look not, back at people in World War Two. Yeah, it's like it's not yeah. set in stone. Like you know, there's still room to push. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's very crucial just to keep that in mind. Yeah. That we're not like we're not doomed. We're still have room to fight and um, give it our all. Yeah. Um, so now I kind of want to say we've obviously talked about the kind of the big picture and how to change an individual's perspective on the situation. And yeah. At the end of the day, like obviously the book kind of mentions some of the things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. It's really not that much. It takes only a few minutes of your day, if anything, to kind of go above and beyond. It's the, it's creating the composting. It's the recycling. Um, that just takes those extra 20 seconds a day. And like those 20 seconds could have such a ramification for years to come. Absolutely. Do you have any other examples that we can use on a day-to-day basis right, right. to um, help this change? I think, yeah, there's definitely a lot of things to, that can be done. But I think definitely one thing that has to be top of mind for sure is that people, you have to consider that different people have different um, abilities on what they can and can't do, right? Like, for example, like space or, you know, like um, budget-wise. So you have to be very mindful. There's not like a, I wish, I wish there was a list of like top 10 things that everyone can do and it just turn everything yeah, around. But un- unfortunately, that's not the case, yeah. right? Like, there's some people who can do more and, and, and some people who can do less. Um, so, yeah, it definitely varies. Um, but like you said, it's not something that really takes a lot of, like... And it doesn't, doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a huge investment of your time or, or money into mm-hmm. something that you, can, that you can do. And, yeah, I have a couple things here um, that I, I do. And I can just talk about them as to like maybe it'll give some people some insights on what they can do right and then and i think like two is once like people listen to this they can be like okay like yeah i can try one of these things and and as time goes on i can um adapt them to my lifestyle or you know to whatever like so i can be more efficient in my own you can make them your own you know and just Mm -hmm. like um and really be able to make something that's not like really huge and like newsworthy but something like you can you can take over time with you right and that's because that's what matters like if you sure if you do all these things like people tell you it's like oh go vegan like you know just like from one moment to another yeah. buy electric car and get solar panel like great but like if you can't sustain that and you only do it for like three months or a year yeah out of ten it's like pfft, what even was, when you go back to your old habits you know it's like mm-hmm. what even was the point yeah so yeah, for me, um, let's see what I got here. Um, I think I'd start with the first thing I do is just like something that we all have to do, whether we want to or not. It's just like how we consume stuff, right? Like we we all buy stuff, and I think it's being like very mindful of of what you buy, right? Um, and like what cost things really have. For example, if you go and buy like some some like a clothing that's cheaper. Like, yeah, it'll be cheaper for you, but, like, let's say if it's poorly built and you have to replace it, like, in in X amount of time, whether if you would have, you know, um, gone for something that's a little bit better quality, maybe a little higher price, mm-hmm. but last you a while, in the long term, you're, you're uh, saving that money, right? And yeah. also, 
the environmental costs and stuff like that that goes that goes with that right um yeah so basically just like in in the consumerism stuff aside is like i I try to avoid impulse shopping um and just yeah no it's just i mean it's good it's good for the wallet first and foremost let's be honest um but like yeah it's just like um and i started doing this like more last year and it's been very relieving not just like just like um just for the mind too because we're always been like oh like there's a sale like we have to go we have to act on it right now or we'll like have fear of missing out right like um so but like then you like realize like okay like this is what i'm looking for and whether it be like a sweater or something like that and you're like oh okay there's a sale and it's like it's 20 percent whatever and like you don't have to you're not like rushed anymore you're like okay i'll take my time i'll look around and Mm -hmm. And yeah, that'll be that'll be great too. And with that too, you can look at more factors. Like, okay, like what is, what is this product really about, right? For example, like now I find myself I really like, if, especially if I'm trying to buy something online, I look on the like, about us page about like the company and stuff like that. So that's like really important. Um, but yeah, like definitely. And one thing I do is try to stay away from fast fashion. Um, so for people who don't know what that is, it's basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, man, yeah, definitely, I'm definitely. No, it's all good, man. Um, basically, like you know, it's like those those like Zara's and the and the Gaps and everything where they release clothing like almost always. Like you're always in there. Yeah. And you see new shit, right? The new and trendy stuff. Fuck the stuff that was popular two months it's ago. Like, I got the new thing. Exactly. So, you um, justify those overall just because like um. They're really and they're really not built to last. They're really built to be assembled fast, and then you know you worn a couple times, and then they are they're gone, right? Like so, yeah. Yeah, just avoid those for sure. And I mean, just like the I was watching a video actually, and it was talking talking about like how just like a t-shirt, how intensive that process is. Like for example, one t-shirt, water-wise, I know this this stat's been thrown around here and there on the internet, but like it. According to this video, it said one T-shirt requires about twenty-seven hundred liters of water. Oh, really? For one T-shirt, and so that, that's a lot. And that's and to put that in perspective, that's like thirty bathtubs of water. So. The fuck. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's what? um. Dude, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and like this whole like clothing and fashion um industry, like it is the second highest polluter after like um oil, oil and oil and gas yeah it, it, it makes up 10 percent of the carbon emissions so like just that alone you like cause you'd really? always yeah you think it'd be cars and you think it'd be you know like transportation but like and, and a lot of it too is because there's a lot of transporting from the actual raw material of the cotton to oh, when it gets spindled into a fiber and then when it gets uh made into an actual fabric and from there when it gets like sewn on by workers right and then and then gets uh and then finally gets shipped right so there's a lot of moving oh, around man, think about it's the it's the manufacturing it's the industrial manufacturing yeah. the process and, and like yeah and, and let alone too like the the pesticide that's used in right like it's, it's very intensive in the pesticide and the insecticide that's used to keep these things just like free of insects and to make sure like the the yield is the best right mm-hmm. um so yeah, no, it's yeah, definitely. Crazy, I never even thought about that. So like in my perspective, sorry, I'll, I'll yeah, I know. let you go there. No, you go. But man. um, what is is livestock the biggest contributor to the um, greenhouse emissions? 
Because I know like the the methane that's released and the carbon dioxide right. that's released. Like I've heard that livestock is is well, at least more than the automobiles that we have. It's definitely up there, and I've heard I've heard that same st- like statistic too. Yeah. Um, I would I wouldn't doubt it. Um, and but like in my defense too, I think there's definitely a lot of room for like and i've i've seen like stuff where like the dairy industry and they're trying to reduce emissions here and there whether that's their facilities or um just actually how they grow the animals so like mm-hmm. they'll whether that's what they do their feed them so like they belch less right mm-hmm. um but yeah i know it's definitely like a high contributor um but i think there's process being made the exact details i couldn't tell you right now but yeah, I think there is potential for it to be lower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, do you have any more examples? Yeah, for sure. Like for example, um, yeah, I know for sure. Uh, like for example, and like one big thing I think about like being a consumer is just how you like take care of your, of your belongings, right? So like, they last longer. And just cause like, yeah, if you, you can have like the best stuff made, like, you know, with like most, ethically or whatever but if you treat it like shit and it's you know like you it rips and stuff whatever after like two wears yeah. what's even the point right yeah so like what i do for example is i like i'm trying to be more conscious of when i uh like my like when i wash and stuff like that like i just, like try to throw my jeans out in the wash as much because i've also heard from like Le- the president of levi's that like you're not supposed to throw your jeans into the wash as much because like that ruins them right oh really yeah, that's right like jeans. Like a, everything I'll, in the washer. <laughs> I'm lazy. So no, I used to do that too, but like, it's like, but also like, you're also like lazy too if you don't put them in the washer. You just hang up and boom, that's yeah. one last thing to fold, Why one last thing to dry. Well, like I, like I, my, my criteria for like what I wash, like obviously the essential like socks and all stuff like that, like that are dirty, like no question asked. But like yeah, yeah, the yeah. outerwear stuff like that, where like they don't really get dirty. It's like well, like then you're like okay, like if there's stains and stuff on them, yeah, like throw them. Yeah, if, like or yeah, smell like or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If they, but like. Not everything has to go in the wash after one use, right? So, um, yeah, and, like, what I do, too, is I try to avoid using the dryer. What I do is I put the highest spin cycle on my washer, uh, wash with cold water, too. That way I'm not, like, having to warm up this water. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have, uh, in my place, I was able to, like, have line dry. Mm -hmm. And that way I can just, like, avoid the the dryer altogether because... Um, a dryer uses about five to six times more energy than the washer does. Mm-hmm. So it's very, like, the dryer is very, like, yeah. energy intensive, right? Yeah. So you can cut that out. But, I, again, I understand, like, not everyone has a space. Some people maybe live in an apartment. They don't have space to, like, line dry clothing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, and, it, and it's really up to you, like, up to the individual and, like, see what they can manage, right? Yeah, to the best of their ability. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? So, like, you know, and, again, I think it's, like, um, Stuff like bringing your own bags to the grocery store and, and um, you know, like things like this. These are very, like, small inconveniences, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a little bit of planning, a little bit of foresight, you know, it's that big of a deal. Like, if you have, if you always have your reusable bags in the car, the trunk of your car, mm-hmm. well, like, boom, no, it's yeah, easy. Like, you know, you, you design your environment in a way so, like, that these things are easier. Like, uh, one thing I'm... To make it easy on yourself instead of being yeah. like, oh, shit, I gotta get the, gotta and, get the bags. Oh, I gotta right. do this, I gotta do that. It's like you design the, your living accommodations. Your living accommodations, so, yeah, yeah to, to do so. Um, and, like, one thing I'd also say, too, is um, if something makes something more, like, if a company or something makes something more 
convenient think of like at whose cost is it like whose cost is more convenient right like for mm-hmm. example you look at amazon it's like great i can have stuff delivered to me but then you look at the worker conditions like right these people yeah. are like walking football fields like all the time yeah just to get you your stuff in two days right mm-hmm. it's like yeah high demand exactly so it's like mm, is it really worth it and like this um little inconvenience can be planned out to not be a big deal and also like uh being more conscious is also really good for your bottom line and like for your wallet mm-hmm. so it's like always like it's always good you're not gonna be spending more money yeah yeah well, i think like one thing that you and i had talked about before yep. that was actually a really good point that you made is that not to be generalizing but a lot of individuals who are opposed to this climate change and making these changes tend to be conservative um not to generalize but to totally generalize (laughs) (laughs) but i think one thing that's really positive about that and that this uh mindset that a lot of these individuals who are conservative who tend to be more business uh, Mm -hmm. oriented which is totally understandable If, if you own a business you don't want the government taking your money away so i understand the whole um belief behind um that type of perspective economically but i think it's these individuals who are more catered towards a business mindset i feel like if you were to introduce them to the ability to make money with regards to um reducing the greenhouse emissions in the globe along with being more environmentally conscious as well too that these individuals with these business perspectives will be able to put something together where they can make a lot of money off it Right, because obviously fossil fuels makes a shit ton of money. Right, right. Like, like my sister works for Suncor, she's an environmental scientist, and she makes a lot of money. And she talks about how all the available resources that they give to their employees and the money that they invest, all these camps, all the 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 food that they get there, they just like live the good right. life up there because these companies have so much money. And to be more to be optimistic about it, if you're able to. Um, reallocate those funds to be more environmentally friendly. Yeah, there's going to be an upfront cost of investments for the research mm. and development to get to the point where you can make a lot of money off it. But it's an investment that has such a payout for so long mm-hmm. if you reinvest this. Like the next 10, 15 years, so important. But a lot of money's got to be reinvested into that newer technology yeah. to make us go there. But I think one thing that's super important when you're doing those investments is yeah those 10 15 years is a bit of a a barrier and definitely creates that ability for individuals to be like oh that's a big barrier to get over i don't know if we can do it right but i think what's important is to look at that longevity where it's well if you get over that barrier we're good for a long time until God knows what some nuke goes off that sets off a chain of reactions of right. World War Three. Like, who knows right? what? You yeah. never know what could happen. But Absolutely. I think it's important to think about that long term. Yep. So now, with regards to this books, I know they did mention out oh, with the old technology. What do you think has to happen with regards to eliminating that old technology to get to that point? Well, I think I think you're spot on the head with like the whole like you know that there really seems to be a lack of solutions from the right side of the political spectrum and me being a left winger um i think like that's definitely something that we we sure. need <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. uh because you know like like um 
as much as I think, I think I think it's time to no longer make this a political issue, mm-hmm. right? Like we could definitely benefit it's from a human other. Issue. It's a exactly the human issue, and we can benefit from people who have um, problem solving mindset, you know. And if we can show them that there is rewards, um, and it can be done differently, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now it's all regulation. That's all there is. Because no one's no one on the on the right side, and this is maybe generalization. Um, has really stepped gen- up. We love to generalize on this podcast. Oh. Go for it. <laughs> we <laughs> but, love it. <laughs> we love those good old stereotypes. Yeah, man. But like, yeah. it's like, it's like to this point in time, there's never been like a, a right wing and us given like a solid answer. They've just been delaying it. So like, mm-hmm. and like, I don't, I don't like um, dealing with um, just like the red tape either. You know, like I can't stand going to the registry and. It's the worst, the absolute worst. So if yeah. there's a way to streamline it and make it better, like it's absolutely that absolutely essential, right? And stop making this a political issue because, again, like you said, it's a human issue. Um, but and and funny enough, there have been examples of like uh, conservatives trying to make this um, change, right? Mm-hmm. For example, in 2019, in there was a lobbying group that was trying to get like um, uh, like a a right well like a Republican Democrat uh, Republican Dem- Republicans to actually care about like climate change and like see what it has in store for them, let alone like the political advantages because our generation, like the newer generation, like they definitely care about climate change, right? Yeah, yeah. So and if you can actually form a plan that um actually uh battle like takes these issues head on, I- I'm guessing you will see like a rise in in support for your party but but right now like if you do nothing like you have nothing for people to latch on to right and so also another thing i watched about um one of the places that was like really good in fighting climate change was out of all places texas you think about like texas be the last place you think about but here's what they did is that they're they're a very conservative place they voted for trump um but what they did, they framed it differently. They didn't. Uh, they never put in the words climate change. They they called it future proofing, right? So and and they they shifted it away from the political issue that it w- that it was, into just thinking how can we better prepare ourselves. And I think like any any time you face with great problems, like if you like very entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. what are problems really? Is an opportunity to, to make solution and make money. Right, so like if exactly if you if you get over that hump, and if you come out on top, plus you being like one of the first to make um, whatever it is that you will make, right? Mm -hmm. You'll be in in good shape. So, yeah, I definitely think that um, that that will that will help a lot. I don't like I I know that I I really wanted to take that on as first part of your statement there, but you you can repeat your question too because I'm kind of lost a little bit, but uh. (laughs) <laughs> but no because like i i, like, I definitely cause, like i like i heard you say it i heard you say that first part and i was like what's the first part of the question even? The, no, like the first part like you started saying like how you know like um oh, right wingers right wingers like definitely are like you know could oh, definitely oh, make oh, 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 have like that know. different mindset yeah, right yeah. and it's like that like in that, that like hump that people have to get it over and eventually in the long term it'll yeah, be worth it right um yeah but everyone like way too long um, I'm, um, so the other part of the question was what kind of technology, like obviously fossil fuels and getting replaced with renewable energy, such as nuclear power and yeah. solar panels, so yeah. like 
clear, obvious candidates for how to out with the tech, old technology and in with the new technology, letting go of the old world, right. the book says. Well, what can you add on to that? Well, I think one thing the book uh, mentioned, too, is the fact that, like, we we have to, like, I guess, thank the new world. Because, like, this fossil fuel era has brought us a modern world. Like, mm-hmm. and there's no denying that. I think that's, like, a problem when people identify, like, as uh, someone with, like, their identified personality to environmentalism is they're, like, especially here in Alberta, you know, like, you're, like, oh, well, you know what, I, you know, fuck the oil fields and like that's you you can't say that like i i fell into that trap too it's like but you can't because like they provide a lot for us right like they've mm-hmm. modern medicine whatever what have you like plastics like um just the ability for like cars to transport and all the different things like not even like just the actual car itself but like all the different pieces like the clothing for polyester and stuff like that like it's definitely and we have to like thank them and just um but also move on to different things and just be able to accept, like, the fact that, like, that time, like, like, thank them and be able to just know that that time has ended and just move forward, whether that be uh, nuclear, which is a really good option, I think. I don't know enough about it yet, but I definitely want to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Solar or when, like, the actual types of power, I'm not too sure about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know enough about to comment on them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, like, an analogy that I heard with regards to nuclear energy... Yeah. I know we were talking about this before the podcast, mm-hmm. but I think it was a good way. It really put it in the eyes of me. I was like, okay, that does make sense. But yeah. I think the analogy that I heard was that when you look at a car, for example, built in the 60s, yeah. no power steering, shitty brakes, no suspension, probably didn't have a um, seatbelt, no power steering, yeah. probably had a built-in ashtray as well too. Right. And if you were trying to drive that car on the roads today, like you struggle you'd be able to get the a to b but it'd be a struggle and like you'd be full of headaches and your ass would be sore you you might kill a few people like no biggie but like you might kill a few people (laughs) yeah i think the same analogy can be implemented with regards to nuclear power when you look at the reactors that melted down that's technology that was built years ago right years ago now when you look at the technology that we have i think you'd be dumb to not be able to identify that okay we have the technology to build these nuclear reactors that are safe that have those safeguards in place if something goes wrong they have the ability to shut these reactors down before there's a catastrophic meltdown such as in chernobyl and i think it's something that we really need to start investing in obviously ontario uses nuclear energy Mm -hmm. um, but i think just as a globe we all need to start using nuclear absolutely i think it's it's like a revamp that we need to do right like we we have to I guess give it a second chance not the right wording but like you know just like you know see what improvements have been made and because I'm sure there's been big improvements like I've heard of technologies here and there yeah but um yeah I know for sure definitely give it give it something too um but yeah definitely just um try new technologies out too but we can't like also just put all our eggs in one basket into Mm. uh, technology right we still have to do like are a little bit here and there uh, because technology is a two-way two-way street right it's a two-edged sword if you will mm-hmm. it's a bad analogy yeah um, like you look at look at social media and our phones right like 2000 we're like this is great we have all the information in our pockets amazing yeah but look at us now now we're like okay now information that's going around right yeah it's crazy so it's like you know it's like um, 
it could be used either way and like yeah. technology for example like it could be used to make our systems more efficient but it also could be used to help find like oil and gas that are buried even deeper yeah. right like um i think recently there was um story about south, like shell in south africa and they were like uh, using i think it was sonar just to like like to map out the ground floor and to see where there could be reserves mm -hmm. but in the meantime it was uh disrupting like whales because you're being like blasting loud sounds oh, okay. constantly and especially like whales that use frequencies to to like navigate and to communicate that's very not i, I don't want to say painful but like you know it's very disruptive to them, disturbing to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like yeah you definitely or like you know we can't like same analogy of putting our eggs in one basket we can't just trust a guy like Musk to just like, you know, take us to the future and you know, fix fix all our problems. <laughs> I mean, he's Lord he's, Savior he's, Musk, take us to Mars, man. <laughs> let's go. Let's get off this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's like you know, it's definitely, definitely things we gotta do too. And I think back to the idea of like, the individual things that we can do, is like the reason why I think it's so important to them. It's not just because like they are going to change the world because realistically let's look at it like the the big corporation in the world they they're a big factor in like the the greenhouse gas and stuff like that but i like to think of it like um i like something to tie you down right because there's going to be days in the future where there's going to be governments that make great strides but there's also gonna be, and companies too but there's also going to be days where there's going to be shitty headlines and bad news right mm -hmm. but like if you do like your own little thing It'll keep you grounded, right? Yeah. And there was, I think, a point in the book too where they mentioned it. Like there was a study by MIT or somewhere, like that, where they where they study like um, children after they watch like a a Planet Earth movie, and then but also after water uh, watering a plant, and they like got the feedback. Like, what do they think? Like, where they felt like they were more, mm, more impactful, right? It was obviously like after, like it wasn't after like they watched this BBC movie about the tigers or anything, because what could it, what could like a uh, a child in elementary school do about like tigers nothing right mm -hmm. but if you look at like a plant like yeah like, they're constantly every day they're checking up on their plant watering the plant and they see a progress like it's very yeah. tangible what they can do and yeah. similar to sense of hope exactly sense of hope but like just you know like you it, it, it grounds you right it's grounded on what you are doing and like also if like yeah it's um if people are like people like you know everything's going going to shit you still have your stuff be like yeah well at least i'm making my contribution whether it's going to save the world or not. Um, first of all, I don't think that's for, like, us to determine right now. I think it's for the history books to determine, right? Um, but, you know, you can, like, still have that and have, like, some sense of hope. Like, you won't, like, your emotion won't be tied into the news. Because, like, you've seen with COVID, like, it's very easy to get caught up in one thing and be like, oh, it's great, and then life is bad. And There's a fact to confirm any belief out there. Exactly, just to, like, so you do your own little thing, and you'll be like, okay, well, you know, all else, I'm still doing my thing, and it helps, like, keep me grounded. Right, so um, okay, yeah, I think one thing that kind of go back to the misinformation thing mm -hmm. that was really kind of scary about this book was how their ability to predict in the quote unquote red world, the world that we're, we fuck up and don't reach our goals, mm -hmm. that when that starts to happen, what happens is it becomes this distrust in the government, mm. and then now all throughout social media, there's all this disinformation and this inability to trust almost any source like they mm -hmm. lost all trust in the news networks they lost all trust in any 
social media um, uh, news that's been released. And, like, just listening to that, I was like, holy shit. Because this was written before COVID. I'm just before, yes. Just like, before. And, like, just hearing that, I was like, that's what's happening with COVID right now. So, it's, yeah. if you don't believe this book and the facts that bring this book, I think this that's a prime example to be like, oh, obviously they know what they're talking about. Because the second shit hits the fan, which is essentially what happens in that scenario, mm. everything goes to shit. People don't trust each other. People don't trust the government. People don't trust anything they hear because there's so much misinformation out there. And I think COVID has been a prime example of how it's created that scenario of going on social media and having that distrust in any information you have. Because what I said before is nowadays you can find any type of scientific research to back up almost any fact out there. I, I, w- I would debate that. I mean, like, I, I, w- I wouldn't call it scientific, but there's definitely... Cool, yeah, fair, scientific, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say there's definitely sources out there that can confirm whatever you want. Yeah. The limit, legitimacy of it varies, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, have you seen the movie uh, Don't Look Up on Netflix? Yeah, I did, actually. Oh, that was a good great movie. Great movie, eh? Yeah, good movie. It had a yeah. great cast on it, actually. Amazing, amazing, yeah. I Honestly, to kind of go to a bit of movie review, I liked it. I liked the concept of it. But for how quirky and corny the movie was, yeah. I think it could have used more comedy involved. I could see that, yeah, but yeah. But, great movie, though. Anyway, I, let's go back to your point. No, I just, <laughs> I just like I just like that because like, they basically covered that like idea where it's like, they they make that thing where like they're like okay well, um, well like they 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 give people a reason not I'm trying to say it without spoiling yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, spoil to- it! Spoil it! <laughs> Apparently Spider Man dies. Spoiler! I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Okay, but cool. Jake came on and said one time during the podcast. All right, so Dude, it's it. it's not us that spoiled it. It's someone else. Okay, this podcast because it's kind of released in like two three weeks. So we're good. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah if, if you have if you haven't seen Spider Man by now, it's like. You played yourself, really. Yeah, I think uh, we both played ourselves. Then. Oh, I, I, I don't give enough shit about Spider-Man. Like, I feel like it's a very unpopular opinion right now. But right, uh, yeah. nah, it's low on my priority list. But yeah, no, for sure. Like, I think, and like uh, the reason why I mentioned that is because like they have the idea of, like distrust in media, and I, and I don't know how we move about that, but it's definitely something we have to address. Um, because like yeah, either either we take a new approach to it or something, but like. We have to be able to agree on something. And I think, too, it's like when you, like what I found for like a more individual level when I'm talking to people, it's like you can't just like pepper them with facts because that's not, you got to like, you really talk yeah, to them. Back then and they don't care. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, but also like, you know, you got to, you got to talk to them and like listen to their perspective, you know, and like why, why is it that they're concerned and really like get to the root cause of that mm-hmm. and then be like, you know, make sure like they're heard and, but then also be like, okay, here's here's what's going down right and um but that requires a lot of time it requires like you know like like building up that um the reliability and that i trust with with the person which and i think it's also too it's because for example i know it's like if you hear someone say something about covid for example like or QAnon, you automatically very easy to assume the rest of their beliefs, right? It's yeah. very easy to just assume and like be Put make them a, into that box of categories. Uh, make a oh, caricature cari- cari- yeah. for them, like okay, boom, like that's that's them. But I mean, no, like there's definitely there's probably a reason why they got to that belief. So if you can dismantle that, it'd be great. So the thing is, yeah. I don't think no one has the time to sit down and have like solid conversations with everyone. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, I think like. Um... 
a line that I really like to use. I don't know where I heard it or if I came up with myself. Yeah. I think I probably came up with myself. I'm a genius. Give yourself credit. Yeah, all, all the credit. Ah, <coughs> <coughs> oh, smoke it off. <laughs> what? <coughs> Senshi is a line. And it goes... It's simple, actually. Yeah. I'm sure if I'm in, if I was in their shoes... Sorry, I fucked that up. Take your time with your podcast. <laughs> yeah. That drink hit me there. For <laughs> I'm sure if I lived in their shoes and experienced life through their lens, I would have the same perspective. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. And that's like, like once I kind of, uh, I said that to myself one time and I was like, oh, fuck, that's true. If like, if I was born in their body and I grew up in the environment they grew up, because we're obviously we're all products of our own environments. Mm-hmm. And I experienced the experience that they had, and I had the sensations that they have in their body with regards to like their mental, or their their chemical balances in their body with regards to their mental state. Yeah, I'm sure I would believe the exact same perspective, and like just once I kind of played out that thought experiment, it's really allowed me to be more open minded to accepting other people's beliefs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Like you definitely yeah. have to like really like you know like put put a mile like put up a mile in their shoes yeah. and um but you know like i feel like also we can't be carried away and just like take their word as gold right mm. but like you know just just see where that understanding comes from and like see where where there's a a split between between like the facts and what they what they believe right yeah. But yeah, I know definitely. I think it's definitely important. I I know that too about me. I'm trying to fix that. It's just like you know, as soon as I hear something that disagrees with my point, not just to like, you know, like put them in that box and assume everything else, but like mm-hmm. actually sit there and listen, hear them out, right, and see mm-hmm. what they have to say. Um, and I think just like that huge just the communication between the two sides mm-hmm. is is everything. Well, I think it's just important just to approach those situations with curiosity. Yeah. To have an open mind and be like. My perspective on this situation is not going to influence what you're going to say in the next 15 minutes. Absolutely. I just want to understand your situation. Like when I had the flat earther come on, there's so much. I was like, this dude is on the spectrum. I don't understand this dude. What the fuck is going yeah. on? But part of me is also just like, I'm so curious to understand where this person is coming from because this is such an unorthodox perspective on the world. Right. Where I'm just doing it for general curiosity <laughs> as sad as it sounds yeah. entertainment <laughs> no it's, it's fine like yeah, i mean i think too it's like another thing it's like but what i've recently like uh, come to the conclusion is it's not it's not my job to to change people's perspective you know i can i can like listen to them and like lay it's out a responsibility to put on yourself if you like kind of have that perspective yeah, as well too yeah exactly mm-hmm. so just like you know just like um just hearing them out and be like, okay, here, let's have a frank discussion with it. Because maybe, like, some of their concerns uh, are legitimate, and, you know, and you, you go and address that and maybe just, you know, listen to sources that, you know, are less than ideal. But, you know, and you hear them out. Because at the end of the day, like, what me, uh, saw like, a, a right-winger and a flat-earther or a QAnon person, what do, they, what do we all really want, right? We all really want a better world. Like, we differ on how we're going to get to that better world. Yeah. But we all want a world where we're, where humanity is better off, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, and then, so I think once we can, like, come back down to that bottom truth and then work away from there, we'd be better off, yeah. No, I actually really like that idea, where it's just, like, find those common things yeah. and build off from there. 
Yeah, and I think too is like to climate change. I think it's really like it's gonna be really difficult to is because in terms of politics, um, because like these changes we make aren't gonna be easy per se, right? Like we are gonna have to adjust our lifestyles, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna be very difficult because at some point or another, there's gonna be a politician or or some famous figure that's gonna really pull on our heartstrings and like our nostalgia. And just be like, oh, remember how simple things were? Why don't we just go back to how it was? Yeah, it you know, but it's like, and it's going to be very tempting to do that. But we, we can't give in. And I think there's like a really, uh, a quote from The Office that we like. Yeah, um, like real shit time now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, what is it? It was Dwight. He's like, it's, he said, uh, nostalgia is the second greatest hu- uh, weakness of humans next to the neck, you know? And it was like, <laughs> and it was like, it was really, it was just something else to it. But it was like. But but it's right. It's like, but it's like it's like it's really honest. It's crazy because, and when we think of like nostalgia, what we we're not thinking about like better times. We're just thinking about a time where we didn't know the problem that had right. Like if you think back to when you were younger, you you didn't you didn't care that like the the planet wasn't in a great shape. Yeah. You just liked it because you didn't know. All the all the fucked up shit that was going on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, and and that's what you want to go back to, right? So we have to really like be wary of of future politicians and stuff like that mm-hmm. that um, try to play on that emotion and uh, try to draw us back. Cause it'll be very tempting. It will mm-hmm. be, but we have to remember why we're doing what we're doing. You know? Yeah, we're the we're the stepping stone. That's crucial for the exactly. next step with regards to the, the evolutionary. The evolution that happens to well, just, is how just yeah we're just even how we we treat this planet and like how the the livability of our yeah. planet is for the next hundred years yeah absolutely but yeah man. well and i think like a big takeaway from this is like one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on there on the podcast was to create that sense of hope for a lot yeah. of people to give them that different perspective of being like okay like th- this is something that's been obviously in the news for a long time and it's not going away anytime soon. If not, if anything, it's going yeah. to become more prevalent, especially following COVID. I feel like news stations are going to be all over the next big quote unquote scare. <clears throat> yeah. And I feel like when these news stations try and scare individuals, I think what's important is to come back to that sense of hope and be like, no, it's, it's in our control, right? Put your trust in the individuals up top. Like obviously a lot of them are greedy and narcissist and the need for power, yeah. but it's important to understand that with regards to, their intentions if they truly want power quote unquote and like the negative stereotypes that come with politics yeah. they will do change because they understand that okay if we still want to keep this power and keep this influence on society we are gonna have to have some change so we can keep on if we can keep power. on like the status quo right. to like you know yeah no right. and i get that yeah and definitely and i think like the whole idea of stepping stones for sure is really mm-hmm. interesting because and, and there's there's a quote by uh bill gates that's really cool. He says people generally tend to overassume what they can get done in a year, mm-hmm. but underassume what they can do in ten years. So you know, like that's I think to me that's really powerful. That, is, that yeah. like you know we cause, like and you look at like jet like start of January it happens every year mm-hmm. without fail. You know resolutions, right? Yeah, go to the gym, man. Get in shape. But like you know, it's like if you see like a ten year scope, then you're like, okay, you know, like it's then it's not as much pressure on a certain yeah. time. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I think consistency. It's those small incremental 
improvements on a not even a day to day basis. Well, granted, it does happen on a day to basis, but yeah. you know, on a month to month basis. Yeah. If you see that small little change, you Absolutely. think about like the multiplier and the compounding effect that can apply to those small changes over years exactly. and years and years is like huge. And I think we're we're trending in the right direction, although I I don't think that will ever be reported as much. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, we're we're on the up and up. Um, might not look like that, um, but you know if we we keep doing what we're doing, and you know like fix certain bad habits that we have, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be in good shape, you know. Yeah, I like that so, perspective. Yeah, I think no. it's the right perspective to have as well too. And even yeah. just sitting down here and talking about this is definitely like gave me more motivation. I hope it gives like. Yeah. The two people that listen to this podcast motivation as well. Too. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, if it's if two, it's two people, people it's two more people. It's like two you know, more people, man. no, I mean, like I think, and I think, like I brought the sweater today because it's like really big important. Change. Big change starts with small. Start small. Yeah, so like you know, good. that's that's everything, right? Like yeah, absolutely. So yeah, because you start you start small and eventually compound into something great. So yeah, yeah man. Overall, it looks it looks a little bleak. But we got a little bit of time on our hands to get it right, and yeah, think we can turn this around, or at least like you know, slow, slow the bleeding, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's not as bad as it could possibly be. Yeah, create a world that, for our grandkids. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go that far. I'd say just for for us. <laughs> so we can like, colonize Mars with Elon Musk. Yo. <laughs> Good luck with you. I'm staying put right here, my friend. Yeah, I'm like the fuck off, man. I'm going to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> you won't die. Either. Actually, I'm going to Saturn, man. You going to Sa- <laughs> Wow, you're just gonna do your own little trip, eh? Hey? I'm going to Uranus. <laughs> Jesus. Why well, was I like, not surprised by that, honestly? I'm surprised yeah. I didn't say that one first before Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I, I like, as soon as you started mentioning plants, like, here we go. Here yeah. we go. It's, yeah. Well, I'm going to do a Jeremy Clarkson, and on that bombshell, I think it's time to end this. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Get your drink, well, man. Well, Cheers, clothed, dude. but, yeah. boy, man. I All right. Fun. Thanks for coming oh, on. Oh, thanks for having time. me. I appreciate it. Yeah, question. man. All right. Cheers, everybody. thank you for tuning in to another episode of off the dome i hope you guys had an absolute blast listening to this podcast and just a reminder that if you do like this podcast which i know you do please like and subscribe as it would go a long way in helping the algorithm reach as many people as possible it would be greatly appreciated but as always thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode And stay tuned for new content dropping weekly, along with content on my YouTube channel, which you can find at our YouTube page, Escape Reality. The link will be in the bio, but without further ado, I will shut up so you beautiful humans can enjoy the rest of the day without me in your ear. Peace and love, y'all. Escape reality with Matt Z. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent.